For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode of the Absolute Sports Betting Degeneracy Podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Don't know about MyBookie? They are redefining the gaming scene for both sports betting and online casino games. Sign up at MyBookie.ag using the promo code Absolute DGEN to claim a deposit match up to $1,000. That is right, $1,000. Absolute Sports Betting Degeneracy. Hey, everybody, Arch here, and it is Thanksgiving. So there's no main show. We're just jumping right to the UFC. What's going on, James? Welcome back. Yeah, it's good to be back after a bit of a layoff. I didn't realize it was Thanksgiving. I thought we'd be out in the booze right now, Arch, to be honest, even though it's like 10 in the morning for you. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving for uh, the United States, not not up here. Oh, yes. Yes. You Canadian folk. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on, Mason? I'm doing well, mate. How are you? Not too bad. I thought it'd be a really good idea to talk to two Brits on Thanksgiving. This, these are the people we ran away from to form our own country. <laughs> yeah, you, you just slipped out of our reach. Yeah, exactly. Fuckers. <laughs> All right. So, James, welcome back, man. It's good to have you back. Yeah, no, no. It's good to be back. Obviously, I've been. It's been a bit touch and go recently. I've been very busy with all sorts of uni sort of personal stuff but yeah no it's good to be back talking UFC and we, we've got we've got decent enough main events to talk about this weekend yeah all right it's always good to have you too Mason thank you <laughs> <laughs> Tom yeah 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 exactly all right let's jump to it boys we've got some fights to talk about let's let's start from the top and work our way down so we're looking at Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis right yeah 100% um, Curtis Blades, obviously, is 14 in turn his overall professional career. I think there's only two defeats were to Francis Ngannou. And again, there's certainly no shame in losing to a guy like the the the, the Predator, as they call him. Uh, he's a, just a knockout artist on a phenomenal run. So Curtis Blades is like number three in the division, I think. So he's won five out of his last six fights, coming off of a big win over Alexander Volkov in, in June, where he I say edge. He dominated the five rounds and took it by a decision. With Blades, obviously, he's one of the. He's got a comfortable wrestling background. However, in sort of recent fights, what I've noticed certainly is his, his boxing and his striking has certainly improved. And you know, it's a bit of a bit refreshing to see Curtis Blades, a guy like Blades, add to his game because he's just so unpredictable and that as that and. He tends to do a bit of damage in terms of the striking, so he can hold his own on the feet. But against a guy like Derek, the Black Beast Lewis, I don't know if you want to be sort of stand up the whole fight. I think you want to be mixed in the takedowns, confusing Derek throughout the whole fight. And yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to this one a big time. I think Blades is a, a, a very, I think he's a very rare heavyweight in that he's very highly aggressive when it comes to takedowns and he has success. And you see Derek Lewis come fight week, say it's going to be impossible for. Curtis Bates to take him down but I think once he takes Derek Lewis down once I think you know the rest will come and flow easily so I think it's just a case of you know when he takes him down not if and he can hold his own on his feet but I don't think he's, he's got that one 
punch, knockout potential. But like I said, he's most effective on the ground and certainly usually follows up with the, the, the ground and pounds and the attempts on the mat rather than, you know, counter striking on the feet. And certainly he likes to hold his own on the feet. Like, don't lose. You know what to expect. I mean, he's on a he's on a decent, reasonable run himself. He's won six out of his last eight fights. He's coming over off of a win against Alexi Olenek uh, via a second round, I think. So it's very impressive to certainly get see him work his way up the rankings again. But um, again, he's got heavy hands, one punch, knockout power. Like I said, that beast. You know what to expect. This is going to be a tough fight for Derek Lewis. I think he will get taken down. Uh, I'm probably going to go for Curtis Bates. This one, I, I genuinely have to back him on this one because he's just determined to certainly get that title shot. I get whether it be Mirchich, Francis Ngannou again, or maybe even John Jones if he comes up to heavyweight and fights Mirchich. So I'm going to go for a Curtis Blades for our third round, TK. All right. Mason, what about you? I'm quite looking forward to this fight. I'm a huge fan of Derek Lewis in the cage and on the mic, but I, I don't think I can back him on this one. I think he's got the edge on the feet, as James was saying, but as we have seen in Curtis Blade's last few performances, his boxing has improved a lot, but he's a, re- he's a wrestler, and I don't know how Derek's going to be able to cope with Curtis Blade's takedowns. I think he may be able to stuff the first one or two, but after that, I don't think it's going to be too easy for him. I think it's going to be quite a difficult fight. I think Curtis Blade, it's going to be quite similar to the Volkov fight, I think. I think it's going to be quite a dominant performance on Curtis Blade's half, and I think he's just going to dominate for five rounds straight. I'm going for a Curtis Blade's decision. A decision? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's see, Curtis Blade's as it sits right now is minus 384. Derek Lewis is plus 300. So, wow, I was surprised <laughs> when I actually saw that. Uh, uh, Derek Lewis is obviously the fan favorite, but that's not helping him out at all, at all. So yeah, let's see. James, you're taking the TKO for Curtis Blades. That pays minus one thirty eight. Uh, Mason, Curtis Blades by decision plus two seventy five. It's not bad, not bad at all. Both those. So I think you're probably right. I think Curtis Blades does take out Derek Lewis. It it, it looks to be pretty one sided. I actually spit out the numbers. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm gonna follow you follow you both on this one and unfortunately Derek Lewis is just not going to have a good night (laughs) oh man all right next up what do we got Anthony Smith versus Devin Clark that's one I've got next up yeah um with Anthony Smith the former title challenger at light heavyweight John Jones he's not on the best of runs recently he's lost three out of his last five fights he's coming off of that defeat to uh, Alexander Rakic via decision a couple of months back before that he took a brutal beating against Glover Teixeira about six months back so not in the best of form whereas with Devon Clark I mean he's on a two fight winning streak his last fight was a couple of months back against Alonso Moenfield won that by decision then he beat uh, Declan Townsend almost a year ago. And I th- you, you look at Devon Clark's overall record. I mean, the fighters he's lost to, uh, Ryan Spann, Alexander Rakic, you know, those sort of calibre fighters. There's, like I said, there's no shame in losing to those top-level athletes. So Anthony Smith, I think for this one, he's got to use his experience coming into this fight. I mean, he's only two years older than um, Devon Clark, but he's got way, way, way more fights than him. He's got, I'd say, nearly 50 professional fights under his belt at 50, uh, 32 years of age. And this one, he's got to use the, the height advantage. He's got four height um, inch advantage on this one. He's got a bit of a, the edge in terms of the reach, but for this one, I, I don't know. I think with Devin Clark, 
like I said, he's, he's on a two-fight winning streak. There, there is some value in certainly lean towards Clark in this one. I think he's not outstanding in any sort of department. I think he's got a good striking background. He's capable of holding his own on the mat, whereas you know what to expect from Anthony Smith, but he's not in the best of form right now, like I said. Uh, he just doesn't seem to be looking right in his last fight against uh, Rakic, but um, I think this is certainly a, a great, huge opportunity for him to to get back on the winning streak and potentially work his way back up the rankings and not, not establish himself as one of the the gatekeepers of the light heavyweight division. I think he'll have to close the distance, use his, you know, decent striking well and hold his own Anthony Smith wherever the fight goes because Devin Clark is going to be hard. He has a lot of success on the feet, but he will try and get the fights to the floor. But again, like I said, he's not really outstanding in any department. So Anthony Smith, I, I think this is just going to be a full 15-minute decision whereby it's just completely back and forth. I'm going to be in, in for a reasonably entertaining fight with this one. I'm going to go for a Smith by decision. Smith by decision. What about you, Mason? I, I, I agree with a lot of what James is saying there. With Anthony Smith, he's not on the best of form at the minute, obviously, with the lo- losses against Rakic and Glovatex area. But again, there's no there's no shame in losing to them guys. They're both on a tear at the moment. Devin Clark, he's no he's no guy just to brush aside. I think I think both guys have the ability to finish each other, but if that happens remains to be seen. I think Smith he he's got the edge on the feet. But I do think he can also take him down and control him a bit on the floor. But I don't know. I, I think I think it will be quite an entertaining fight. But I think it will be a free full three rounds. And I agree with James. I'm going for a Smith fight decision. Oh wow! Both of you agreed. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know this one surprised me because it opened up even. Uh, Anthony Smith, Devin Clark mm. op- opened up both minus one ten, both minus one hundred five, whatever your book has. And now it's Anthony Smith minus 132, Devin Clark plus 115. So obviously the money's back in Smith, and I think that's the right way to go. I think you could even just bet Anthony Smith to win the game or win the match and still be okay at the minus 132. But James and Mason are getting plus 350 for a decision win. There you go. Keep that in mind. I like that. So I'll probably end up following you guys. (laughs) All right. Ugh, too much agreement. Let's see what it's, happens. It's bound to end at some point. Yeah, yeah. We, we know I've, I've, I've probably got a wild dis- um, pick on my hands. Mason can't be contained for very long. Let's see what happens <laughs> in this next one. Yeah, this is a heavyweight between Josh Prisian and Parker Porter. I'm very, very much looking forward to this one. You saw Josh explode onto the, the contender series scene, whereby beat Chad Johnson by a knockout and punch, uh, punches from the mountain. It was a very impressive victory to to earn yourself a contract into the UFC. This is his first fight in the promotion. Uh, whereas with Park Porter, obviously he's already fought once uh, in the UFC and that was to Chris Dalkus lost via, I think that was to via a KO. So he's going to be looking to come off of that heavy defeat and, and press on the masses. But I don't know, I'm liking Josh in this one. He's just explosive right from the get-go. And that, I'm looking at it now, that height and the reach advantage is certainly going to pay dividends for Josh in this one. He's explosive. Um, he's on a, I think he's on like a, a six-fight winning streak, Josh, as well. And I think stylistically and the, from the matchmaking perspective, I think this is a fairly favourable matchup for, in uh, Josh prison sense, whereby it's, it's a good one to get under your belt on your debut. Um out of prison's 13 victories, he's got eight knockouts and uh, um, the majority of them were first round finishes. And as I said, he's just very explosive right from the get go, likes to unload. He's got heavy 
hard um, hands for a guy in the heavyweight division. You know, he could stake a claim as a, a top 15 contender in the next coming fights or so. And, you know, what a way to get a winning UFC debut against Parker Porter. I genuinely believe that he has the the skill set to be a guy like Parker Porter who's got... They both got 16 fights under their professional career and their resumes, you guys, let's call it. As I said, Porter coming off of the TKO loss back in August to Chris Dalkus. Um, he's a bit touch and go with Parker. You just don't you don't know what to expect from him. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a he likes to strike as well and he likes to stand and trade, but I don't think he has that power like Josh Brisian. Uh, I don't know if he has the chin to survive Josh's early shots. So I'm going to go for a Josh for a first round TK. I'm really backing Josh Ooh. in this one for his UFC debut. Okay. Mason? Um, yeah, I, I, did, I, like, I like this matchup. I think with, with Parker, I, I remember back when he was fighting Chris Dalkus, I was backing him. Unfortunately, he didn't get the victory on that occasion. But I, I love watching any heavyweight matchup. I think both guys do have the power to knock each other out. But it, I think, I think it's a factor of who hits first. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Josh Parisian. I think a lot of his fights, like James has said, I think he said eight have been finished and the majority have been in the first round. I think that that's going to be a huge, like, mind advantage for him, knowing that he's got the power to knock anybody out. And I, again, you, you're going to be a bit upset, but I, I fully agree with James. I'm going for a Josh first round TKO. A first round TKO as well. All right. Yeah. Well, damn, there we go. Got it. <laughs> Both of you agreeing. Um, yeah, it, Josh is minus 200 right now and Parker's plus 170. And I think that's right. Although I do think they're probably asking you to pay a little too much for that line. Let's see what you guys are getting. Uh, Josh is getting minus 138 to win by TKOK or submission or plus 650 to go to win by decision. Ooh, so it looks like it looks like if it's going to anything's going to happen it's going to end early a uh, parker's getting plus 250 to end it early so that's more likely to happen than josh winning by decision so i think you guys are probably right let's i'm going to end up following you guys there uh, minus 138 is a little bit better than minus 200 so there it is a lot of agreement a lot of boring bets so far <laughs> all right what do we got next up miguel Baeza versus takashi sato i think that's what we've got next um Again, it's certainly a, a striker versus striker um, matchup in a way. We're not really going to see the fight take place on the map. Baza, nine and zero. He's looking to impress again. Uh, I believe you know he's fought a couple times in the UFC. Ross already fought twice in the UFC. His last win was against Matt Brown six months ago, and which was an, an impressive victory for him. And then Hector Aldana before that on his debut, um, and he impressed in the contender series against Victor Reyna, won by. A a comfortable decision and get earned himself a contract into the UFC. Whereas with Takashi Sato's coming off of that win to Jason Witt, which was very impressive, uh, a very clean finish. And before that, he's coming off a loss to Bilal Muhammad via submission. Again, with this one, like I said, it's a sort of, sort of a striker versus striker match. I don't think we're going to see the fight take place on the map. Base is very impressive on his feet. Um, Sato, he, he likes to come forward, and he's got you know great striking background on him, and he likes to he, he tends to absorb a lot of shots as well, which is a bit concerning with Baeza. He's six foot two for a welterweight, and he's got the reach advantage as well. Uh, I'm I think I'm leaning towards Baeza on this one. I think he will maintain that undefeated run. 
there is some certain potential in Seto, but I think if you're a better man, you, you might lean towards Baeza in this one. I think he does take this one comfortably. Like I said, both are arguably coming off of the great best performances of their career. Um, he's Like I said, he's undefeated. Baeza against a guy like Seto matches up very well and Seto likes to string together a nice couple of combos. He's very aggressive in terms of his striking. So he will put the pressure on Baeza very early on, but this should create, you know, that, should, that itself should really create a, a, an interesting fight. But he said it depends how he's going to come back when Sato puts the pressure on early. I think he does. I think it will go past the first round now. I think both fighters are going to certainly feel each other's game and certainly pick people apart. I'm going to go for Baeza by second round TK on this one. I'm, I'm back in the undefeated prospect on this one. All right. What about you, Mason? I, I, I like this matchup. Uh, both, both guys are very strong. They've both got the ability to knock each other out and Again, I, I agree with what James is saying. I, I don't think I think it's going to go past the first round. I think first round is going to be the f- first couple of minutes feeling out process, and then I think they're both going to find the ways. And I think um, I think I think it will be a really good fight. This is a bit of a boring show for you so far, Arch, but I'm going to agree with James again and go by either second round TKO. All right, step for step, you guys. All right, this this is the one. Okay, I think Baeza wins. I don't think that's. I think that the, the numbers say that, but he did open up minus 187 and he's minus 165 now. So he's getting better while Sato's getting worse. He opened up plus 160. He's plus 142 now. So I don't know what the, the trends say or why, why it's trending that way, I should say. Uh, I, I have uh, Baeza winning as well. So um, since you guys agree, I'm going to follow you and I'm going to throw a little, uh, you know, a little side bet on Sato to. Uh, to win the fight overall. So I'll grab your the TKO in the second. You're getting plus 130 there and plus 600 to end in the second. So pretty good. So let's bet that. And I'm going to throw a side piece on Sato just 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 in case there's something fishy going on. Just in case. There always is. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. As long as Ben Cartledge ain't the judge, then all yeah. fights should be <laughs> Was oh, you like that last week? I may have mentioned it when I interviewed Sam Alvey. I may have mentioned Ben Cartlidge. <laughs> 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 we're going to make him the most famous UFC judge out there. For all the wrong reasons. He'll <laughs> <laughs> it, it, still take the publicity, though. Mm, I'm sure he will. <laughs> well, you, you, you judge fights like that because you want the publicity. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know... Could be you could literally dominate Conor McGregor for all five rounds, and you got Ben Cartledge out here scoring it five nothing to <laughs> McGregor. <laughs> that, that, now that's the result that I'll get behind. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about well, that. We'll bloke. talk about that guy some 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 damn, sometime down the road. That, uh, that, that broken there, down there'll Irish. Be another, yeah. Oh God. I mean, well, well, he fights in January, so I'm very much looking forward to that one. <laughs> very, very much. So. We're probably, between myself and Mason, we're going to have some bias bets on there, Arch, so Indeed. brace yourself. Yeah, I'll, I'll be ready. I'll be ready. <laughs> All right, but what do we got next up in this one? Uh, Bill Aguirre versus Spike Carlisle. All right, there we go. Uh, yeah, with Spike, uh, he's coming off of a loss to Billy Quarantia by a, a significant decision. I remember watching that fight. I expected a bit more from Carlo on that one, whereas before that, he was signed on to the UFC and fought Alan Cruz and won by an impressive elbows and, and from the ground and pound. That was almost a year ago, and he's impressed on the various other 
American promotions, whereas with Bill Lego, he's also coming off of a loss to Ricardo Lamos. No shame in losing to Lamos. He's got the experience and he's got the sheer UFC pedigree. He's been around the game for a while. Um, with Bill Aguirre, he had a shot at coming into the UFC, I think near almost two years ago, against Brendan Lennane, uh, and he lost by a decision, and he had to work his way back up. One against Tim Dooling by a comfortable decision, and then here we are a couple of months later fighting Ricardo Lamas in the UFC. So this is a bit of a step up for Bill in this one. It's a tough guy in Spark Carlisle to go from Ricardo Lamas to Spark Carlisle you've got to feel sorry for Bill Gary. Um although he does have the height and the reach advantage in this one I'm leaning towards Spike on this one I just I don't know if, if Bill has the ability to to finish the fight wherever the fight goes I don't know if he has the the ability to finish the guy like Spike Carlisle who's very 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 hard to put away because if Bill takes fight into deep waters. I'm I'm not sure he has the stopping power to put Carlisle down the way into and the restretch where he's not fighting off the take down takedowns. I think Carlisle should pound him out early and if he doesn't, I think he'll build up a, enough of an early lead to get the win by a comfortable decision. But right from the get go, I think Spark's gonna be Spark's gonna be aggressive from the first bell and look to dominate Bill go in the early exchange. And I think he will get the first round stoppage. So I'm going to go for a spike by first round ticket. All right. Mason, what about you? I'm, I'm quite looking forward to this matchup. As James said, Bill Gale, uh previously failed to get into the UFC after he lost to one of Manchester's own Brendan Lottmane in the contender series. And I do, I do like watching Bill, but Spike, I don't, I don't think I can count him out. I think he's got the ability to knock him out and take him down and submit him. I think he's got an okay jiu-jitsu game and he can take, he will take him down. I think I'm going for a spike third round submission. All right, submission in the third. Gotcha. Yeah, this one opened up minus one fifty five for Spike, plus one thirty four for Bill, and then it just took off. Spike's now minus one eighty one. Bill's plus one fifty five. Uh, I think that's asking too much. I think Bill's got a better than 39% chance to win the fight. I'm I'm hard-pressed not to throw <clears throat> a few bucks on Bill here to win the fight. Just overall. Let's see what you guys are getting. Uh, Spike TKO plus 110. You both are getting plus 110 for the early stoppage. If it ends in the first, you're getting plus 333. If it ends in the third, you're getting plus 850. Ooh. Nice, nice. So what I would do, I, I think Bill can take this fight. I think it's close enough that I would be, you know, I'm going to throw some money on Bill and then follow you guys on your early stoppage of the fight. Just We'll just go TKO KO or submission plus 110. Mm-hmm. And then we'll end mm-hmm. the black as long as it doesn't go decision win for, you know, for uh, Spike. <laughs> but you're feeling pretty good. This is going to end early, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. There you go. All right. And then uh, when Bill wins, I'll take my victory lap next week with you guys. Yeah, yeah, certainly fly over and rubbing our faces. <laughs> I can't even leave the house right now. They don't, you know. They're... I'm sure you'll find a way. You'll, you'll find some excuse. There you go. Skip past the border. Yes, that's it. <laughs> All right. What do we got next up? Uh, next up, we've got Ashley Evan Smith versus Norma. Du- you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Closest fight of the day. Closest fight of the day right here. I mean, it's close because it's just not not the best fights on paper. I mean, no disrespect to both fighters. I mean, I'm just not looking forward to this one whatsoever. You're Ashley. She is she's coming off of a defeat to Andrea Lee, and that was almost two years ago. It's been 21 months since we've last seen her in the octagon. With Dumont, predominantly, she's a bantamweight, and for some bizarre reason, she decided to step up her weight class and fight Megan Anderson. And we all know how that went. I think she, Megan Anderson scored the um, overhand right and just <laughs> completely slept her in the first round. And that was a poor choice on Dumont's part to move up a weight class to fight Megan Anderson. Yeah, and who, just, just losing to Megan Anderson's tough enough as it is. <laughs> you have to I mean, really she's work. Got, she's got a big, yeah, yeah, she's got a big fight against Amanda Nunes coming up. But again, with Uh-oh. Amanda Nunes, no, no one stands a chance. To be fair, yeah, especially not supposed- Me- Megan. <laughs> <laughs> God, you're really not the biggest fan of her, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. But um, with Dumont before that, I mean, she just didn't, she didn't really fight the most. I think before that defeat to Megan Anderson, her last fight before that was nearly three years ago to Mariana Moraes. And that was a by decision, which was clearly one-sided in Moraes' favour. So she's not had the experience. She's not fought that like tough UFC calibre of fighters. I mean, she's only fought once in the promotion, whereas Evan Smith's fought a fair for a fair couple of opponents in the UFC and she's fought since 2016 in the, under the roster. So... Just purely based on that aspect, I'm probably leaning towards Ashley Smith because she's fought the high level of caliber fighters. She's fought the the better women in the flower in the bantamweight division, and she's just she doesn't have the most outstanding of traits. She's just very average wherever the fight goes. Her wrestling isn't the best, but she certainly her striking's reasonably okay, I guess. But I'm leaning, like I said, I'm leaning towards Ashley Evans Smith purely because she's faced a more tough competition. I don't think it's going to be the best of fights on paper. I just see this being a a 15-minute ball fest, to be honest, and Ashley Smith gets it done by a decision. There you go. Mason, what about you? You don't have to wait for me to talk. You can just jump in whenever you feel like it. (laughs) 
You need, no, you need permission. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, good. It's good that you seek my approval that much, Mason. But <laughs> you're the big star. Yeah, walk with you. <laughs> I, I don't know what to expect from this fight. To be honest, I, I agree with James. I think it is going to be a bore fest. But if it goes 15 minutes, is the question. I've, I, I don't know if I'm going to be right. I'm, I've just thrown my prediction out there. I, I don't think this is going to be a very exciting fight. But I think Dumont. I think she's going to. I think she's got. Well, she's got fast hands for a start, and I think. When when you can throw fast and you can throw hard, I think that's an advantage in itself. I, th- I think she's got some decent jujitsu. I've got. F- I've. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm going to say second round submission for Demont. Oh, you were you were making sense so much before, <laughs> and, now, and now you throw this out there. Uh, let's see. All right, you... I thought I have one wild prediction in there. Yeah, well, it's wild. Uh, you know, but I don't hate it. I think Dumont is probably. I mean, I'm going to give her like just marginally the nod that I think she can win the fight, but this is like almost, this is as close to a coin flip fight as we have on the card. So I, I would, I would lean ever so slightly to Mont here, but what I would do is just bet decision on both of them. It's Ashley is plus plus one forty, and Norma is plus two twenty five to win by decision. Just bet both sides of the decision. It's going to be a snooze fest. I think James is probably right. Just bet both decisions and just cash in. Or Mason with his plus four hundred that Norma wins early, that could, that could be. Or plus, oh goddamn, plus twelve hundred to end in the second round. There it is. Some, some money to be made this weekend, right? Play it safe, bet James, bet both sides in the decision, or just you know go nuts and follow Mason. That, that's. <laughs> I think I've got a bit of a reputation for, for having these wild picks now. Yeah, you just throw the haymakers, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's up next, Martin Day? Yeah, Martin Day versus Anderson de Santos. Um, this is certainly one of the weird ones on paper because before his loss to to Davy Grant a couple of months back, Martin Day's last fight was two years ago, and that was a very very controversial split decision to Pinyon Lu. Um, Whereas with Dos Santos, he also himself hasn't fought for a, for a long while. And that was he's he's fought. I think his last fight was against Andre Yule nearly two years ago. So again, ring rust could be a possible factor in this one. I think originally, I think in July before he tested positive for COVID, Anderson Dos Santos was supposed to fight Jack Shaw. However, I think Jack Shaw that night would have absolutely brutalised Anderson Dos Santos. I mean, I'm not his biggest fan. Martin Day, you, you just look at both of them on paper. Martin's, for, I think for a bantamweight, he's 5'10". That's huge compared to Dos Santos, who's 5'5". And he's got the significant reach advantage as well, Martin Day. So I think he needs to be smart in this fight, Martin Day. I mean, none of this, you know, crazy spinning bollocks and give DeSantos easy takedowns. I think he's got to fight the perfect fight, stick to the game plan, use the the height and the reach advantage to his fullest as he sort of pot shots his way to a victory. I think he will get this done and keep him apart at long range. And again, use, like I said, using that height and reach advantage to perfection. And if he does that and he does it comfortably and he's not, you know, throwing unnecessary bollocks with this, all the spinning shit. I think he does get this done, Martin Day. If he fights the correct game plan, stick to what he knows. I'm going to go for a comfortable decision in Day's favour. Okay. I, I, I'm well. I've just spoke before Archer said so. <laughs> um, I think I'm. I'm excited for this fight. I think the kickboxing background of Martin Day is going to be a big advantage for him. I think. 
as as James was saying, it I think I think it will be a good fight. And again, I'm I'm gonna I'll keep it short and simple. This one, I I agree with James. I'm going for a Martin Day decision. Oh wow, both of you. Okay. Uh, Martin Day opened up pretty strong, minus one eighty one. He's minus one sixty two now, so he's gotten you know nineteen cents better. Uh, Anderson opened up plus one fifty five, and now he's gotten fifteen cents worse at plus one forty, which is interesting. I I, I it looks to me like Martin Day is going to win this fight. But the way the line movement is really kind of worrisome to me here, because he went from like a 65% favorite to a 61% favorite. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so that's interesting. Uh, I, I feel you guys are right. I definitely want a piece of that. And the, the question is, do I want to back it up with an Anderson Dos Santos bet as well? I do, I do think Martin Day wins. I may end up dutching this a little bit and just throw a little bit of money on Dos Santos. So, but I think you're right. Mm. I think Martin Day does win. A uh, decision is plus one ten. Interestingly mm-hmm. enough, though, it's plus one ten for day to win by decision. The next uh, lowest payout is Anderson Dos Santos wins by knockout plus two seventy five. So oh. yeah, Jesus, yeah, so, or knockout or submission. Let's just say early stoppage. So there it is, right there. Yeah. All right. So there it is. I, I, I'm going to end up dutching this bet. I'm going to throw a little bit on Dos yeah. Santos. Yeah. <laughs> As you do. All right. What do we got next? Uh, next up, I, well, I've got written down Rachel Ostevich versus Gina Mazzoni. Correct. I've, I'm honestly, this is going to be very brief because I'm not looking forward to this fight whatsoever. I mean, I, I don't know how Rachel is still a UFC fighter or a fighter in general. I mean, she lost a couple times. She also won a couple times in the Ultimate Fighter. She got a contract through that. Uh, I believe she won on a UFC debut against Kareem uh, via submission, then lost to Montana De La Rose via submission. And then her last fight was almost two years ago oh. against Paige Van Zandt, whereby she lost via submission. And it was just one side. I mean, if you're getting beaten by Paige Van Zandt, you should not be a UFC fighter. <laughs> the only reason why I think Rachel Ostevich is still a UFC fighter is because she's very marketable because of all the stuff she does on Instagram and all the various stuff she does outside of the octagon. So people are going <laughs> to, people are going to watch just because of the stuff she does outside of the octagon. Gina, I think she's fought the, the more, the harder prospects in the division. Originally she was a bantamweight. So she's, uh, I think she's dropping back down again to fly away to fight Rachel. So she's going to have the height advantage. She's going to have the reach advantage as well. And being in that bigger weight category, I sort of tend to lean towards Gina on this one because Rachel, again, I'm, I'm not a big fan of whatsoever. I think Mazni, she's got that great boxing and jujitsu. Whereas Osovic, she's also got a reasonably decent-ish striking judo. And I think with Osovic, she'll use that judo to take advantage of this fight. Uh, but I just don't see that happening because I think Mazni will use her boxing to keep Osovic from even landing a takedown or fighting her fight. Osovic will try to keep the distance from Mazni. But I think Mazni will just literally continue to push forward and march her down and come, uh, not give her an edge at all. So I'm going to go for a Mazni via decision. I don't think we will see a finish. I don't think either are capable of a significant finish. I think it will, again, will be a 50-minute ball fest. Mm. All right. I'm not looking forward to this fight either. I agree with James. I think it's going to be quite a bore fest. I'm, I'm just going to give my prediction, leave it there. I'm going for a Gina decision. I'm not excited for this fight at all. <laughs> In the nicest way. Yeah. Plus 140 for the decision you're both getting. Um, Gina's minus 150. Rachel's plus 130. You'd think it'd be bigger, huh? Mm. It's only minus 150. 
I think you're right. I think Gina does win this fight. I'm going to end up following you. I, I, it, it surprises me it's this low, the plus, the minus 150. I'm going to follow you guys on the decision here. I don't think Rachel has much of a shot. So she's, <laughs> she's going to win in the first round. <laughs> Knockout, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's going to happen. It's scripted yeah. no, no luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, what do we got? Uh, Kamaka versus Jonathan Pierce. That's, That's right. That's what I've got. Yep. Anyway. Uh, well, predominantly, Kai Kamaka is a, a featherweight at heart, and Jonathan Pierce is a lightweight moving down, and it's probably not the best of ideas <laughs> moving down to featherweight to fight a guy like Kai Kamaka, who's been on an impressive streak recently. In his first four professional bouts, he was 2-2, two and two, and since then, he's undefeated. He's now 8-2. and two. He's been very impressive recently, and I think he's a, a big favourite in this fight with Jonathan Pierce. Kai, I mean, he's going to have the... The lack of height and the reach advantage over Jonathan Pierce, who, like I said, predominantly is a lightweight, so you tend to to feel that he's got the edge and the height and the reach advantage. But I'm, like I said, I'm leaning towards Kamako on this one. I think with Pierce, he's most notably going to be the larger man, obviously, and Kamako certainly had cardio issues before, which makes the form of relentless aggression uh, a p- potential threat. But I think he'll have to keep both. Um, to keep both uh, standing and get past Kamaka's hands to make it work, but I, d- I don't see that happening at all. I think Kyle, wherever the fight goes, I suspect he'll probably bank the first couple of rounds with the sharp boxing and the long stretches of top control. And then we may see Jonathan Pierce take the, the last round because, like I said, Kamaka's cardio is questionable, but I think wherever the fight goes, Kyle Kamaka will certainly hold his own. I'm a big fan of his and he's impressed in various promotions. And if he gets a big win against Jonathan Pierce, then he's probably like one or two fights away from a potential top 15 rank opponent. So the, the, the future does look bright for Kyle Kamaka, who's only 25. And like I said, wherever the fight goes, I think Kai will be very comfortable in his approach and in his game plan. I'm going to go for a, a unanimous decision on this one All for right. Kai. I I, I agree with James. I think it's going to be a very dominant fight on Kai's half. I think I think wherever wherever the fight goes, he's going to have the upper hand. In most most well, I think most of his fights that he's won have been decisions, and he's been very dominant in them all. I think Kai's going to cruise to a decision victory. All right, you're catching plus one ten, both of you for a decision win. Uh, Kai right now is minus three hundred nine, and Jonathan Pierce is plus two fifty. And when I spit the numbers out, it looks like you can still bet Kai Kamara minus 309 <laughs> and still be okay. Because I think he's going to have like almost an 80% chance to win this fight. Mm. This, mm. Is, this is, just looks ugly, ugly. You think Jonathan Pierce can stay stand up to three rounds of this? I think he can because he's the larger blow. Yeah. But like I said, Kai's issues is his cardio and coming in towards the latter rounds, I think... Jonathan Pierce may look to exploit that in the final, you know, second and third round. But again, there, there is some value there just because he's the bigger bloke. But yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not leaning towards that whatsoever. Yeah. I have a feeling you're probably right. I'm going to follow you guys here for the decision win on Kai. This looks to be a pretty one-sided affair. Mm. All right. <laughs> Next up, what do we got? Next up, we've got Sue uh, Madurji versus Malcolm Gordon. Uh, both men. I'm not on the best of runs. I think Sue's coming off the win decision win over Andre Sukuntaft, and that was over a year ago. And Malcolm Gordon coming off of a loss four months ago to Amir Alhazi, moving back up from flyweight to bantamweight to fight Sue. It's it's going to be a tough night at the office for Malcolm. Um, 
Tsubatsui joined the UFC almost two years ago, lost by submission to Luis Mocha. And if you know Malcolm Gordon, his bread and butter is his grappling and his wrestling. And, he, you know, he can hold his own on the feet. So if he takes Sue down early on, then he may have some trouble getting out of the submission attempts on Malcolm Gordon, who has impressed in various promotions outside of the UFC. And it'll be interesting to see how he fares against a guy like Sue, who, who, who's a bit of a hard to himself, he's a bit, he's a bit of a stand-up artist, and I think the main thing really for Malcolm is, is the X factor, of course, is his wrestling. And with Sue's reasonably poor takedown defense, that was the that was the beginning of the end against Smoker. And I think standing up, Sue will have the edge in this one. And I don't think he's very efficient on the mat. I, I favor him in this fight, Sue, just because he will catch him with something nasty. Uh, with Malcolm, I think he may want to strike and ch- exchange uh, strikes in the early exchanges, which is a very bad idea. I think he's got to try and look for the takedown very early on, uh, early on because, like I said, he's got the edge in terms of the wrestling and the grappling. But right from the first belt, I think Malcolm might want to try and feel out Sue and potentially try and trade as well with a couple of shots of his own, which is a very bad idea. <laughs> and if it becomes like a slugfest from the first round where they're going to trade, I think Sue will catch him. And this is a bit of a an optimistic prediction. I'm going to go for a Sue via first round TKO. Mm. I think he catches him really early on. I, th- I think this is going to be one of the shows where me and James are only going to agree a lot for the first time. I think I, I, ag- I agree. I've gone for Sue first round TKO. I just think that how fast he is in uh, standing up, I think it's going to be too fast for Malcolm. I think when he catches him, it's going to put him to sleep early. So, yeah, I, th- I agree with James for a Sue first round TKO. All right. I got you in there. This looks to be pretty one-sided again. Uh, I've got Sue winning handily, and it makes sense. He's minus 324, and Malcolm is plus 260. Uh, I think Sue is just going to dominate this one. Um, TKO is minus 150. So you're still you're getting a better payout, not, not a great payout. If Sue actually wins in the first, you're getting plus 225. So that... That's not bad. We can still turn some money if, as long as Sue catches him early and just dominates him and you know gets rid of him in the first round. I like it. Let's do it. All right. Is this the last fight now? I think it is. Yeah, I believe. Look so. at that. Just banging through this. <laughs> we got Nate Manis versus Luke Sanders. Um, Luke, his last fight was against Renan Burrell over a year ago. Whereas with Nate, he's coming off of a win over. Johnny Munoz Jr. And that was almost three months ago. Um, with Sanders, I think, I, I don't know what the odds are now, but he opened up as a slight underdog, which is which surprised me because I know he's had his recent fair share of struggles in the octagon. But Manas, if you look at his fight with uh, Munoz, he barely got past him. And, you know, Munoz is, <laughs> for some of the better guys at Bantamweight, it's very easy to get past. So to only just beat Munoz Jr. is slightly concerning. Um, I think for this one, Manus has got the clear advantage in the height, but the, the, the reach advantage is, is very similar. And I think for this one, Sanders has got to use his striking background. He's got very slick hands in his movement and he's got the, certainly got the power to finish uh, Nate Manus. I think he will finish him. It's going to be a bit of a, a surprise though, to be honest, for some, because I, I've seen a lot of people back Nate Manus on this one. Um, but however, I have seen people go for the decision victory whereby it's probably going to be one of those back and forth non-stop action and this is going to be a good fight to open up the card I think 
wherever the fight goes, I think Luke will be able to hold his own. I don't think Nate has the ability on the mat. He lacks that submission skill to punish uh, Saunders, who Sanders, who does not have the best takedown defence, but he shouldn't worry about that whatsoever because he'll look to exploit Nate Manus on the feet. And I think he'll get him in the second round. I think the first round will be a feeling out process for both men. Uh, I think he beats him up on the feet, either mid-round or a comfortable decision. So I'm going to go for that mid-round stoppage in the second. For Luke? Yeah, for, for Luke Sanders. Okay. I, I, I think, I, I agree. I think this is going to be a really exciting fight. I think, I think it's, with any fight, it's a case of who can win first, but I think this is going to go all three rounds. I think it's going to be a fast-paced back-and-forward fight, and I've got, I'm going for Luke Sanders' decision on the night. Decision, Okay. This, yeah, this is going to be an exciting fight. These guys look pretty evenly matched. Uh, as, as the uh, as the betting public is out there making their bets, the line started to separate. Luke Sanders is minus 144 now. Nate is plus 125. So Luke has developed into a pretty solid favorite here. So uh, let's see. James, you are getting TK. You're or just early stoppage. We'll just say that. Plus 275. In the second round, you said? Oh, I did, yeah. All right, second round. That's getting you plus 1,000. Uh, that's good. Mason, decision for Sanders is getting you plus 175. Oh, There you go. That, that looks pretty good. I do think Luke wins the fight. I'm a little worried because this one looks to be pretty close. It's not quite mm. as close as the Clash of the Titans with Ashley Evan Smith and Norma, but <laughs> but this, this looks to be a pretty close fight, too. Um, but, you know, screw it. I don't. I don't want to place like three Dutch bets. I'm going to follow you guys. I'm going to bet a little bit on the TKO, but a little bit on the decision. And as long as Luke wins, you're happy. We're happy. We made, we made our money. Yeah. And of course, I got to throw a little bit of money on the second round, James. Come on. Plus 1,000. I could pay for Can't the, turn that down. Yeah, yeah. Pay for the whole night, baby. <laughs> yeah. Pay for your late Thanksgiving booze. That's whatever you guys do over there. Yeah. Whew, that was it. That was the whole card right there. How's, how's it feel, James? Are you, are you back into uh, back into fight shape here? Uh, yeah, not quite. I think give me next week. I should be back <laughs> fit and raring to go. But again, it was nice to come back home, find my bearings, and you know, give some wild predictions. Well, I say wild. I'm not very usually wild with uh, my last prediction with Luke Sanders. Plus 1,000. That's usually a Mason bet. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised on hearing them odds for one of James's, but I can't lie. Yeah, I was too. We're all surprised about that. So, Mason, are you uh, you ready to uh, stop carrying the weight for sports sesh and let James do some work now? In, indeed, it's been a, it's been a while since James has been on, but I'm sure we're going to get back to the recording next week. Is that true, James? Sports sesh ready to go? Yeah, yeah, ready to go. Um, I'm uh, on the phone to a couple of people already, texting oh, nice. people, sending emails to various people. So, uh, I've got a couple of mates of mine who are recommending various you know journalists footballers who they're in touch with very regularly so they're going to pass on their numbers to me and yeah we'll try and work something out yes and mason you had a, a couple of good interviews last week right yeah i had both uh, well two ufc fighters on i had mason jones who's recently signed with the ufc and i had sam alvey where ben cartilage's name came up <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you got to go find that sam alvey interview for sure that's that's excellent indeed all right, boys, UFC Deluxe, um, MMA Mason. That's right. All right. That's what their handles are on Twitter. Feel free to follow them. Mason's got some work to do. He's got to catch up to James's follow count. Even with my personal. 
I mean, I've got like, what, 1,200 on my UFC Deluxe, but very comfortable plane sailing in my personal as well. There you go. There you go. All right, guys. Get the hell out of here. Talk to you later. Cheers, Take care, mate. Take care. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.